0: I'm gonna be interviewing. Vlad does it all the time. I'm, I'm gonna, You're gonna. It, you
1: know who Vlad is, right? No. <laughs> he does it all the time.
0: <laughs> who is Vlad? He
1: interviews everybody.
0: <laughs> okay. So Haru is going to interview me. Ten questions. Ten questions about love. Um, he's gonna challenge me, and we're gonna try to get to the bottom of some of my uh, idiosyncrasy synchronicities. uh, challenges or uh, idealisms or whatever it is, maybe um, obstacles, blockages, or to find out how I really feel about love. Am I really living up to my potential, my purpose? And um, this will help open me up to see where um, I need to work on love. Love is so important to me. Love is love. So here we go. Just going to ask me 10 questions. Hope the noise is not too much. We'll do it again if the noise in the background is too much. Here we go.
1: When did you first, when did you have your first spiritual awakening?
0: Well, my first spiritual awakening, um, I think I've always been an awakened person, uh, but I didn't have the awareness that I was an awakened person. It was um, probably in 2015 when I was reunited with what is known as my twin flame soulmate, um, our second or third roundabout and uh, in relations. And I started to have the Kundalini awakening. I started to realize that things were different. I started to realize that uh, my body was changing. Uh, I went through a physical metamorphosis. It started to look like a process of um, what turned out to be the energy emergence. Um, so for the, the awakening for me, was about realizing that I'm having spiritual changes.
1: When did you first recognize your empathetic feelings?
0: Truthfully, uh, first recognizing that I was empathetic, um, having feelings or compassion for other people. I may have been about nine years old. I think that... um, I might have been a little younger, but I was serving mud pies. I remember making mud pies and talking about who I was going to be when I grew up and who I was going to marry and all that, that little girl conversation. And I was giving or making these mud pies with so much love and so much uh, magic. And I realized that I have this uh, innate ability to love other people. I, I, I might have been, I don't know, maybe three, four, five, but I didn't really... it was different for me when I became a mother because I had this whole childhood, adolescence and juvenile um, upbringing growing up where I was invincible. I wanted to fight people. I thought I could do anything. I I thought I could be anyone and I didn't hurt. You couldn't hurt me. You couldn't destroy me. You couldn't break me. And It was that exterior or character defense mechanism that was protecting that vulnerability because I knew I was an empathetic and compassionate person. But I think that I didn't really break down that exterior and become a blossom into that truth until i until i had my first daughter until about five months after she was born i had a breakdown an emotional breakdown and i cried um and I, I really fell in love with this person and i loved her but i really fell in love with her and i no longer had a desire to protect myself i only had this desire to protect this person which made me feel love and compassion and empathy and understanding for everything that existed everyone, every being, every energy receptor and conductor
1: we're sharing the microphone what was the first book you read on psychometry
0: oh yes, that's a challenging question my first book on psychometry Mm, wow I can't really give you a title for a book, a particular book on psychometry, but I think that I've always been really interested in social people, social sciences, um, socialism, socializing. um, And that always led to the next best thing. It was kind of like the gateway for me. Um, Always being open and interested in what other people are doing. I'm a Libra and I'm an air sign. I really do like being in public places, looking at people, seeing how people interact. What is the social science between the brain mechanisms and the behavioral mechanisms? And then I, you know, am this... Really uh, compassionate person, so you know the emotional aspect of it comes in, and then I become this metam- uh, metaphysical, um, I don't know, evolved being to where psychometry for me it all boils down to how do I feel? How does watching you in your existence make me feel? Um, I-, I don't know what the name, I-, I don't know what the title of the book would be. I've read a lot of blo- um, books. Um, I get drawn to and attracted to self improvement because I think everything all boils down to the heart connectivity to the two. Um, hemispheres of the brain. You have this triangular connection or connectivity of what's going on in your right hemisphere of your brain or your left hemisphere of your brain. But it's inoperable without the the, the um, functioning of the heart. And the heart is what makes it happen. But the heart has nothing to do without the left and the right hemisphere. So I, I don't, that triangular um, combination of or flow of energy. Um, I get that fed from everywhere. I, I'm sorry, I don't have an answer. I don't, I don't have a title.
1: <laughs> it's okay. Um... Who was your first teacher?
0: Spiritual? Um, my father. My father was my first true love affair. My father was, my father is a cancer. And, um, God rest his soul. He is, um, I was, I was his, we have, he has 24 children. And I am the first child that he had such an affliction for that he, like, straightened up. And I knew this. And I was like, oh, my God. I get my dad, and no one else did. And I thought, wow, this, there's something special about me. And so I paid more attention to this person in my life. And the connection that we had was a very spiritual connection. I believe my father may have been a parental a parental um, soulmate experience that reincarnated. He's always been kind of like this guardian angel around me. But my father um, gave me a conducive environment that um, gave me the freedom, and the ability to express myself and to explore um, spiritual um, spiritual environmental uh, interactions, like just it's not that he necessarily gave me any particular lessons, he never really said sit down let me tell you this, but he would do things like whisper in my ear um, and then push me along, and send me along my way I mean, I, I, was, I was quite a challenging child, I was very rebellious I, I remember with my um, stepbrother in the backyard when they set a fire with a pile of leaves we were supposed to be raking up leaves but and we did but we set them on fire too and uh corey came we both came in the neighbor ratted us out we were both in trouble i really thought i'm gonna get hung and corey got in trouble because he was the boy and my dad just told me he spanked me on the they or kind of pushed me away and said go find something better to do it's not a spiritual lesson but these were the type of the lessons that taught me that there is a higher meaning to relationships, to people, to being, to doing, to learning, to growing. Like, he wanted me to understand I could use my attention in a better way. And and he didn't use um, abuse or screaming and hollering. and Just that technique, that was my first teacher. And that, to me, was spirituality because that is my peace. Spirituality is what brings you your peace, where your love is. And it's not about religion. I don't do religion. I run from religion. And our spirituality at home was um, my dad finally getting... A section of the floor painted or clean or cleared or junk tools or something moved so we can actually do something. That was spirituality at home. Like, ooh, we have a cleared space. Come, let's sit down. Let's, let's do something. Um, gardening, planting, um, stupid stuff. you know. But they, they were such important milestones that that is my spirituality. What brings me peace for the day? So no one can affect it. So nothing can affect me. That's my spirituality. My father was my first teacher
1: outside of that because you pretty much much answered question number five along with what you was explaining. But uh, give us a brief on your early life outside of what you explained prior.
0: You didn't promise me, but I did ask you not to make me cry. But my early life was very troubled, very challenged. Um, I'm a very, well, I don't want to associate with um, early life with today's uh, existence so I will recognize it in past tense but I was a very unloved child or I felt very unloved and the people who did love me I believe didn't love me the people who didn't love me I thought they did I was very naive Naivety was um I was very consumed by that I was very sheltered and protected my parents used to fight over me about who's the bad parent I believe my parents were actually twin flames and so they had a very um high energy push and pull relationship And I'm the prodigy of that, and I, too, am a twin flame, so I've been, you know, learning what twin flames is, we are earth angels, associating that with how I grew up, I've absorbed, like, everything and everyone around me, as far as pain, as far as dark energy, as far as trials and tribulations, healing other people around me so that I have, I've sacrificed myself, um, I've sacrificed my own happiness, um, And that's what my childhood was like, this whole mirror of that. And um, I'm actually breaking out of that um, childhood era of of feeling that way because, um, you know, you grow up and you have to heal from that. But my childhood or early years was just very, um, very estranged, very, um, I was popular. I mean, I had everything in the world. I had anything that I ever wanted, but I always felt very, very unloved and very alone. And so I never really felt that anyone matched that vibration of, I still kind of feel that way. Um, I feel that no one can match the vibration of love that I can give, and you know i 've just had to decide that i 'm just a better giver, and I have to be very selective about who I give to um, be responsible for that and take responsibility for how I give and be freely selective with my love my affections, and also not uh, faulting anyone for not being able to match that energy or reciprocate or be able to give me what i what they what they give me and um, I've had to learn that, you know, whatever the early childhood years were like for me, as hard as they were, I've, I've, I've been sexually abused, I've been physically abused, I've um, experienced verbal abuse, I've, I've experienced it all. But um, I've been through it all, and you come out of it, and you're like, you're like, who are you going to be as a result of that? The prodigy that they designed you to be, or the prodigy that you know you were supposed to be? So you pull yourself up, uh, out of it, and um, I know... <laughs> We're at the mall, you guys. <laughs> interesting things are walking past. So sorry about that. That wasn't, um, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't interesting at all. But hey, show them some. We send them some love. She needs, to, you know. That's that is another thing. I, I come out of my early, early childhood with a lack of self-worth, self worth, uh, self a lack of self respect, a lack of understanding how beautiful, how valuable I was. Not knowing that in my early childhood, the reason why I had so many obstacles in certain circles of social situations was because of my amazing light and because I'm so beautiful and because I'm so awesome that like people really couldn't handle to be around me. So I took that as rejection. My early childhood was very, very difficult. But yay. Adulthood is here. <laughs>
1: What's your favorite movie and TV shows? Oh, movies and TV shows?
0: Interesting. Three and three. I stopped watching TV. Uh, roundabout. When my Kundalini Awakening happened, I really... Um, I got scared. Um, they've always been really special. I've always been psychic, intuitive, and things like that. But when the Kundalini uh, Awakening happened, um, it's that magic comes out of you. I told my mentor, I feel like there's something trying to break out of me. And she was like, let it break out. And I was like, okay. And that was my permission slip to let the goddess out. And this is when Actually Choose Pure Love was born. Um, and so I became a legna But um, my favorite movie or TV show I, is, is now different what it, than what it used to be. I used to love to watch investigative shows, police things, things like that. I like um, you know, fictional things. I like to know the truth. Uh, anything that or suffices or satisfies my truth-seeking abilities, um, anything, anything that's real, anything that's going to cultivate me, educate me, and you know, support where I'm at in that particular journey. So I learned to turn off the TV and not let people tell me what to feel, but um, I learned to take a situation that maybe I may maybe struggle uh, a little with uh, confusion or comprehension or I just need to relax or stop thinking and I'll pick something that is along that lines that will nurture what I'm thinking about my favorite thing to run to would be Netflix because I can be really selective um and I can turn it off when I want to and then if I'm overthinking anything in my life I will go on a Netflix bench I could do Netflix for the whole entire weekend and finish a series I like drama I like um my favorite movie would be, or series was Sense8, because of my Twin Flame journey. Um, have you seen it? I believe I pulled it, Sense8. Because Sense8 was just like the Twin Flame journey, but I like magic, I like practical magic. I like anything that has magic in it, because um, I feel alive. It's, it's me, and um, I can relate. So, and bewitched, of course. So, I, yeah, yeah, classic. So, okay, so.
1: What's your favorite ritual? Ooh
0: delicious question my favorite ritual is probably salt baths um but um i'm shaman as well i remember a lot of my shaman stuff and uh, one of the best or most favorite things i like to do is uh, probably salt bath with herbs i like making um concoctions tinctures um and things like that um so if it was going to be a ritual it would involve salt, herbs oils uh and things like that um you got me over here um we have eyes on my bag over here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Oh, your life of motherhood. I'm sorry. Your life of motherhood. My life of motherhood.
0: I think uh, my two. I have two daughters. I'm uh, very proud of them. Uh, my children are grown 25, 21. I'm sorry, just turned 22. And the 25 year old is going to turn 26. My children are very successful. They travel the world. Um, they are super, super, super intelligent. They make me very proud i haven't seen them in years <laughs> they take off they run they fly um, and my motherhood experience for me has been uh, i made a lot of mistakes i um, made a lot of mistakes but the best thing i ever did was push them into their independence and give them everything that they could to be as independent as possible which was something that i was forced into because of being uh, or feeling so um, sort of alone um, i really did kind of i have my first job and had to grow up at 12 years old and I've been financially, um, and in every mature aspect, been responsible for myself since I was 12. So not to say that my kids live that life, but they had that type of influential independence. And I raised them a lot like my dad, where um, just give them, you know, I was just giving them compassion and allowing them the freedom to be themselves. I think that was really important. My youngest daughter, um, <laughs> she would wear three and four outfits and, in one setting. And this was how she would express herself. It would be different pieces of different outfits. And I never... I never had the uh, interest to, you know, shut that down. I thought it was quirky, crazy. I would never wear half of the stuff she did, but she never felt more happy. And I thought, you know, this is what the parenting experience is supposed to be, is letting them have their freedom, letting them express themselves, letting them find who they truly are, letting them come come into their awareness, come into their knowing. So, yeah, we're so powerful. Okay, so they're gone. That's it. Your
1: thoughts on the... Yeah, it's okay. Your thoughts on the present psychic community?
0: My thoughts on the present psychic community, I feel like as a collective... Actually, can I get really deep? Yeah, get really deep. I want to get really deep. But this is like patented. What I'm going to say is like, this this is going to get us in trouble, all right?
1: Some of them are crazy.
0: No. I want to say something that has been... I want to have a conversation that is absolutely unheard of, but I can't have the whole conversation because this is like... College. I need. Mean, we, we need to like be sitting down okay, with professors at that's Yale, be a full video. right? Be a full video. So this is some serious thing. But I've noticed things. I have been reunited with my twin soul or some of twin soul family members, and um, the craziest thing is, as far as the like or psychic collective, the psychic collective happens so strongly and so prevalently. I have to really watch what I said. in this soul tribe family group, right? These are the people who really share your energy. And I'm in, in, in reunification with some of those members. And the psychic connections. In fact, Haru, on my way here today, um, while I was coming in, you know, doing one of the texting thing. Who doesn't text? Texting um, my twin soul sister in California. I'm just going to give you guys an example because I really want to be careful of what I say. Texting her. She's in California. Yesterday, I was thinking I'm, I, I miss my blonde ends. I used to have really blonde hair as a child. I'm going to color my hair and bring my blonde ends back. And... Um, she was texting me that, oh, my God, I'm going blonde again. I'm going to go blonde today. And um, I was like, oh, my God, that was my thought for yesterday. And she was like, and I'm going to go do Botox. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I was like, oh, my God, yesterday I stood in front of a salon. Um, and, and they were advertising exactly everything that we were discussing. And I took pictures of it. And I said, I'm going there. So um, two days I was two days prior, I was actually on that vibration. She's telling me about it today. And then... This is just an example, but this is what we're doing in repetition. Um, the things that I'm going through in my relationship are almost exactly reminiscent about what she's going through in her relationship. This woman is in California. I have a lady in Sweden who is another twin soul sister who literally is so connected to me, a lot like, and even almost sometimes more than the twin flame, probably not more than the twin flame, but as in the twin flame, I, 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 and we're in different, different time zones on Miami. She's Sweden. As soon as I open my eyes in the morning, she's already texting me, she knows that I'm awake. She can sense that I'm waking before that I awake. And um, we've been doing this for a couple years now. So it's just really crazy. So the psychic collective, we're really running on one stream of energy. And so what it does, it enhances the awareness and gives me insight into the the crystalline grid. So this is a crystalline grid that we are all connected to. Some of us are higher up on that grid than others. Twin flames are kind of the high tops of that grid. So here it is, I have this full awareness of my participation in this crystal grid line. I have had dreams where they've shown me what it looks like to be connected to the crystal grid line. And, and you know, I can look left and look right and see everyone in the world is connected to it. But we're not people. We're masses of energy and the shape of us is similar to the human body, but we're shapes and stars or shaped in stars. And so now I have to really be careful what I say, but um, we're connected. And between each one of these human-like figures of energy is a stream of energy that connects to one of us. That is the crystalline grid. I've seen what the crystalline grid looks like, okay, in meditation. So the, the, the psychic consciousness comes from that, that connection, that stream of energy running from one star to another. Everything on earth is a conscious entity, whether it is a plant, an animal, or person, a car, my keyboard everything why even the trees that are dying we are all energy either conductors or absorbers and we are all in some grade of transition being that or that being said the psychic collective whether we recognize it or not that's not my problem we are one consciousness the thing is that going into the 4d um, exchange from the 3d uh, dimension is what brings the awareness to that like I said, I was born very gifted. I come here to do something. I know, or I'm coming into the knowing of exactly what it, or I do know exactly what it is that I came here to do. So I'm so and fully aware and consciously aware of, um, other people's psychic energy and psychic connectivity to me I can I can feel everything I there was literally a couple sitting at the table next to us and they the girl was actually planning to, to snatch my purse and I completely turned that energy and gave it right back to her and then I confirmed with him to make sure you know if it because the, the, the guy that was with her was they were ready too. they were ready alright, so this is something that they were contemplating I don't think that they were planning to do it I think that they're thinking that we're not paying attention to my bag and so I literally put that energy right back on them I made sure that he was with me on one page like we have a potential problem here and within a minute they got up and left because I returned that energy to him so if you ask me how do I feel about the psychic consciousness I'm very tapped in, tuned in and turned on and I dare you I dare you to tap into your own psychic abilities and see what's going on around you because you really are so Much more powerful and influential with other people, with your circumstances, and with what's happening than people realize. Cool. Tarot cards. What about
1: them? That's the 10th question.
0: (laughs) Tarot cards. You know, my mom taught me tarot when I was seven. Um, she didn't sit me down and teach me. She was doing it. My mom is a witch. My mom is an elemental witch. My mom is a very spiritual person. She's a cancer. Both my parents are cancer. So they were already way the hell out there. And my mom is cancer, Pisces, Aries. So extremely powerful personality. So my mom would light a candle and speak words, and I would see magic. So it's not that it particularly interested in me, it Interested me, but it's this is what mom's doing. It's what I did. So tarot for me was a second nature. But there was time in my life where I became interested in boys and relationships and money and, and travel. And um, I thought that maybe, maybe my mom was wrong and I turned my back on tarot. And I thought maybe tarot was evil and maybe that the obstacles or challenges and things that I was having in my life were as a result of uh, me doing tarot. Um, and so I actually shut down. I refused to do tarot and I shut down turning in my psychic abilities um, because of the fear that I was doing something wrong. But in 2015, when my kundalini awokened, um, or for my kundalini awakening, or as a result of it, um, I had a very strong, de- actually, 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 I had a very strong desire to go somewhere. And I got up, I got dressed, and I said, but I have nowhere to go. And ping, a message came in, an email came in of a place, an event that was happening. And I said, okay, I guess the spirit wants me to go there. So I went to this place, and this is where I was actually led to my first uh, adult deck of tarot cards, which was the deck of Isis um ISIS um, guidebook and tarot cards um I haven't used them for a while but um that was the first deck that I actually bought for myself um and it's 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 you know you guys know me for tarot there but I woke that back up in me and I realized you know what I was attracted to this because maybe it is the truth maybe it is what belongs to me and I was in a period of time where I was seeking back those answers tarot was something that I believe in tarot is something I trust tarot is something that teaches you to trust yourself and that was the first and the biggest lie that you were told with Christian faith was not to trust yourself, to trust the Bible, to trust this higher power in that duality formation of something that is absolutely separate from you, which is not the truth. And I just don't want to be lied to anymore. And as I held these cards in my, my hands, sitting in a very strange place that I got an email about, um, I kind of broke down and cried. And I remember a gentleman came up behind me and he was like, I'm with you and you're not alone and talk to me and I was like, and he tried to tell me all this Jesus stuff and I was like, I don't, I don't do the Jesus thing, but I have a, a strong feeling for this, you know? And he was like, feel it, feel it. And then I was like, yes, tarot is about feeling. Tarot is about resonance. Tarot is about what is right on inside of you. So your interpretation of every combination of cards is about what feels right for you. Because you're going to have all kinds of psychic communications. When you open a tarot, a, a, tech, a deck or a stack of tarot cards, you're not alone anymore. And the energy that you put in your cards, this is your pure essence. This is your true energy. My true energy is love. So if I give you a tarot reading, it is pure love. And, and anything that I touch with my hands is magic. Anything that I touch to give as a gift is going to be pure love. So tarot is I don't know. I, I I think everybody should have a little tarot in their life. Absolutely. Is that that's our final question? Yep, that concludes. I'm dying for a drink. I'm dying for a drink. Okay. Awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to say?
1: It was a great pleasure and divine gratitude.
0: Thank you so much, Heru, for your amazing Welcome. ten questions. Uh, I kind of wanted to get this done so I can get it produced and get it out. Now I'm not sure if we'll keep the video. Um, yeah, but. Um, you know, Haru is a uh, very, you guys know his voice. Haru is very funny about being on camera. He's such a beautiful soul, beautiful face to look at, too, beautiful everything. But um, it is what it is. He is the hidden one, and he will remain the hidden one. And so thank you, Haru, for joining me and assisting me with this. And for your amazing, amazingly challenging questions. And I hope that you guys got to know me a little bit better. I hope that you feel like you know me a little bit better. And um, I'm, I'm approachable. I'm open for questions. Um, if you want to leave a comment or question, I'm happy to answer it. Um, look, that's so funny. This is what I do in my personal life. <laughs> that's what I do. That's me. So great way to end. This is getting to know me. And I wanted you to know why I love. Um, Love is the most essential energy, um, life force energy that anyone can either have or give. So good luck with that. Love you all. Bye. For joining me guys. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at choosepurelove@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I'll get right back to you.